0: You are going to be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother.
1: You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651 641 1071. Or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you very much for joining us for The Mom Show here on MyTalk1071.com. Also streaming and available podcastable again at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon reminding you what we do here on The Mom Show. We streamline your life. We know that there are so (laughs) many things that you need to go out there and Google or get the information and then instead of doing that, you go on with life. You're cooking Mm -hmm. dinner, you're making breakfast, you're out there doing your laundry, and so these are things that you still need to look into and you just don't have time. So Mm -hmm. we have a road panel of experts that come through here on The Mom Show and make your life a little bit easier by giving you the correct information. Boy, we sure try. Right. (laughs) So today, two of our favorite people here on The Mom Show, Deanne Adoulas and Andrew Hunstead from Sheridan Adoulas. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you. And I know that um, when you sent us the topic that we were talking about today, producer Sonny and I were very excited. Um, As (laughs) independent business women, yes, (laughs) we were very happy to talk about that because we do hope to eventually be successfully relationship that's what we'll call it, right? Producer Sonny? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you plan on being a woman or a a man who is successfully relationship, but you also have to worry about what you're doing in your business persona, Mm -hmm. today is going to be a great day for them, right? Right,
0: today is the day that we're going to talk about business and how that intersects with divorce and how... What you may think is true about how owning a business in your own name is true, it's not always exactly that way. I think that that is a
1: perfect way for you to put it, because so much of what we cover when you're in is Mm. you learn this from watching... LA Law, and yeah, that's that is not f- the way.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: The sensationalized, like television version, is very amazing to watch. Oh, it's so
0: it's so interesting, <laughs> but that's why it's fiction, right? If they if they actually showed a real divorce, everyone would be so bored; it would be canceled after the first episode. They're not that ex- exciting. They're not that sexy. They're a lot bo- more boring. But right. you know what it does is it just miseducates everybody out there about what's fair and what's right and, and and we end up spending a lot of time trying to undo all that damage. Right. Well, we always
1: encourage you to be part of the Mom Show. You can call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And we want to remind you that Diane and Andrew are both amazing attorneys. And this information that we're going to cover today may apply to you. But this is not legal advice. No. Uh, we, this is just general information that's provided to answer these common questions and concerns about our subject matter. We encourage you to go ahead and seek your own counsel.
0: Always. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the time where if you're listening right now and you're listening to the show and you think oh well hang on I I thought something different this might apply to me Uh this is the time to be proactive and get out and talk to somebody you can give us a call you can give somebody else a call but you need to get real information about how this process works right if these are those issues that are keeping you up at 2 3 in the morning and you're worried about how that's going to impact your divorce Stop worrying about it. Call us. It's a free consultation. You can talk to us for an hour and we can answer a lot of these questions and, and help you sleep. Right. Well, Deanne and Andrew,
1: I know that at Sheridan Dulles, you have a variety of attorneys uh, because mm-hmm. a lot of these things dovetail. Right. Do you have an actual like it, it would it be a business attorney or is it that you then would go outside of the firm if you need somebody to do those kind of things? What do you guys do?
2: We have attorneys that focus on closely held businesses. Okay. Usually that's under 10 Partners involved. Okay. Uh, That could be limited liability companies. It could be partnerships. It could be corporations.
0: Sole proprietorships. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. All of that stuff. We really try to work with... Uh, real people. Right. <laughs> right. We're, our focus on our firm is really trying to help real people deal with real problems that come up in life that maybe are expected or maybe are unexpected, but we're right. not, we're not representing the Fortune 500 com- companies. Gotcha. We're representing real people. Right. So again, producer Sonny and I. So that's good.
1: <laughs> Good to know. We talked about this when we needed a cohabitation agreement or if we needed a prenuptial uh, prenuptial agreement. agreement. Now we know, okay, when we have business questions about how we make sure that we are protecting ourselves, we can come see you guys. Good to know.
0: Absolutely. We're happy, happy to have you there. Check that box. Okay.
1: So why did we decide that we wanted to talk about this right now?
2: Because I really pushed for it.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
2: (laughs) I've been really excited to talk about this because right now I've got a couple of files all involving businesses ah. and it's consuming a large portion of my day. So all I right. think I can pass along some knowledge to our listeners. So and Andrew,
0: he's got more than just a few. OK. He's, yeah.
1: So, Andrew, what? Uh, so let's start with. So we have that backstory of is are there commonalities? That you're seeing that we can start with the, I wish they had known this before they got to the divorce. Like, how far back do we have to go back into the process? Like, are these things that we needed to have in our conversation about the prenuptial agreements or... Is it way past that at this point?
2: Well, if you're a business owner Mm -hmm. and you are considering a marriage, I would highly encourage a prenuptial agreement. Okay. uh, Because a a non marital business becomes marital very quickly. Ah, okay. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think before we dive into it, we should cover some ground information and just, just some basics about the different types of business structures. Okay. So in Minnesota, there's from a high-level overview, there's about four different business organizations. There's a sole Mm proprietorship that is usually informally, and it's just an individual. They could be working out of the house or they could have an office. Uh, There's partnerships that requires a a second uh, business partner, Mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, And then there's a limited liability company, uh, which is um, a more... It is a formal business organization registered with the state, but it's less, um, I would say, time sensitive to operate and manage. And then there's the traditional corporations. And there's different subsets and different organizations of each of these four groups. But right. so those are the four basic organizations that all businesses. Forum.
1: gotcha okay because i know when we hear our, our infomercials out there so you know kind of thing like you can incorporate you should do this and you need mm-hmm. to protect yourself it seems like a lot of our my talkers are probably going to fall in line with that sole proprietorship or the llc type things i think probably most of our listeners
2: right so llc's are actually the most common okay organization forum in minnesota mm-hmm. uh and there's different ways they can be managed they can be taxed in unique ways uh but they're the most common so that's generally what we see
1: okay all right so as we are setting up that framework yeah where are again where should we start with to setting up what people need to know for today's show
0: well, for today's show, you really need to understand that simply because something is titled in one person's name or one person is really operating that business, it does not mean that it is just theirs. Okay. Even if it was a portion of a family business started as a family business, if that business was operated and your spouse was working in that, even if your name doesn't exist on a, on a set of stocks, you've never been a joint on a bank account. You've never done a minute of work for that company. Okay.
1: There's a marital interest. So does that mean that today's conversation has to go from both sides? If this is your business, how yeah. do you protect yourself? But also, if you were married to someone that has a business, what you really are entitled to? Yes. Exactly. Okay, this is going to get complicated, so let's slow down a <laughs>
0: I just said that, and I still want to slow down. So can you guys say that in the proper (laughs) phrasing? So if you you own a business, and you're the only one operating that business, and it's just you, uh, and your spouse has nothing to do with it, that does not necessarily mean that when the marriage ends that you walk away with all the assets of that business. Okay. And if you're the spouse who's not operating the business, just because the other person is operating it and you had nothing to do with it, doesn't mean that you get nothing and ah, that you okay. just walk away and they take it all with them. Fair enough.
1: All and, right. And
2: this principle applies if there's only one person owning the business or if there's multiple partners.
1: Okay, so you can be uh creating a domino effect mm-hmm. that affects all of your business partners as well, is what you're saying, Andrew and Dan?
0: Yes, absolutely, because business partners get really nervous when another one is getting divorced, because in their heads, they're thinking, well, wait a second, I don't want the spouse to become a co-owner of this corporation. How does that work? And so, everybody circles the wagons, and it gets very conflict-intensive pretty quickly, because everybody's operating on some misinformation, so it's very high-conflict stuff. So, I think this goes back to what we say
1: often when the two of you In uh, the studio, we are not poo pooing love. No, we we are not. It sounds like (laughs) we are anti love. We are just saying that there are some things that might happen that eventually make the love a little less shiny and happy.
0: (laughs) So let's prepare for
1: it up front.
0: Right, just like we've always said, if you know what you're getting into and you understand what the facts are and how the law works around you, now we're not just building a relationship on love and the emotion, but we're also building it on trust because we're working together to make sure everybody understands what's going to happen if this doesn't last forever. Okay, well, I'm very excited to dive into this more (laughs) deeply. So we're going to take our first break. What are we going
1: to cover when we get back?
2: We're going to cover um, how or what information of a spouse who is divorcing a business owner should be looking for and what documentation they need to obtain.
1: All right. And we're going to give you lots of great information today on The Mom Show. Again, we are joined by Deanne Doulas and Andrew Hunstead from Sheridan and Doulas. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Mom Show on My Talk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. Joining us today, Deanne Doulas and Andrew Hunstead from Sheridan and Doulas. We encourage you to get that free consultation if anything yes. we're talking about today is appropriate and mm-hmm. could help
0: you in your day to day life. Yeah. If you're, if you're thinking about a divorce and not knowing the answer to this question is holding you back or, or impacting your decision, just come talk to us, right? Come in and see us. We'll talk to you. We'll help answer your questions to the extent that we can and try to help you make that decision, not to encourage you to get a divorce, but at least to answer that question for you.
1: Exactly. And we always encourage you to go to the mom show page. You can get all of the contact information there. But again, their number is 651-686-8800. We'll give that again at the end of the show. But today we're talking about if you are some sort of business owner. Mm-hmm. what some of the pitfalls might be for you and how we can go ahead and, and preempt those, right?
2: Yes. Okay. Uh, and Miss Shannon, there's two components about a business that you should be concerned about in okay. a divorce. First, the business itself. All businesses have a value, mm-hmm. whether if that value is nominal or whether that's seven figures. That's an issue specific to the case. But there's also the stream of income too, okay. which also affects child support, spousal mm-hmm. maintenance, and the general dissolution. Okay. So, I think we should just dive right into the value component. Okay.
0: Right. So when you think about it this way, think about it if you owned a dump truck. Yes. And the value of the dump truck would be the value of the property. That would be the value of your business. Okay. But if you've been making income off of that dump truck, that income, all income earned during the marriage is marital. Okay. So if you use that income and bought a second dump truck, that second dump truck... Is marital. Gotcha. Okay. And if your business pays for your cell phone or your regular car payment, those are forms of income that even though they've been deducted on the taxes, they come back in and are income for support purposes. So for people who are out there going, well, I'm not going to have
1: to pay you any sort of spousal maintenance or child support because all of my stuff is I work for myself. Yes. Basically, Mm -hmm. that's not true they can't hide that way
2: correct okay they're gonna have a rough day (laughs) all right
0: (laughs) all right fair enough fair enough (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. so it's it's a complicated issue and and so many times people will focus on one idea or the other and we really have to broaden that understanding of what owning a business means okay so do you want to talk about the perspective of the person who owns the business first
1: or the person who might need to come from them if they're in a relationship with them
2: I think we can do both at the same time. Okay. I don't think it will be too confusing. Okay. No, because so, a
0: lot of the documents you need are the same, fair regardless enough. of which person you are. Okay.
2: Right. So one of the first things you want to take a look at is the articles of incorporation or articles of an organization. Uh, that will tell you when the business was formed and who formed it. Okay. These can be found with the Secretary of State's website. Ah, so you don't even helpful. have to ask me. No. Okay. Yeah, anybody can actually go to their website Pay a small fee and obtain these documents. They're public information.
1: Are those listed by name or the name of the business?
2: By the name of the business or the file number gotcha. for the business with the Secretary of State. Fair enough. All right. Uh, then you also want to take a look at membership agreements. These are pretty common when there's more than one partner involved. Uh, they can restrict that partner's ownership interest and their ability to convey their ownership interest and they they generally actually specifically address divorce
0: most of them if they're well done right they're not well done then they (laughs) won't and then we've got another issue
2: right so they usually restrict the right or the ability of the the business owner spouse to transfer their ownership uh in general but specifically during during a divorce proceeding uh and as attorneys, that, that sometimes things we have to address. So uh, there's a number of ways we can do that, you know, assigning mm-hmm. a value to that share and dividing it equitably or uh, creating a constructive trust. This might be helpful if you expect the business to be bought out or acquired by a larger business down the road. Okay. Uh, so that the non-business partner spouse uh, gets to partake in that bio that that benefit
0: okay Sorry. so it's really common for both the spouse who is operating the business and the spouse who is not operating the business to look at those membership agreements and it says your interest cannot be transferred All right. and the person who owns the interest is saying haha this is just mine you don't get any of it and the person who doesn't own any of it may think that too but just because the interest isn't transferable doesn't mean it has no value okay and that value even if you keep a hundred percent of your business, the value of that interest still gets accounted for in the divorce okay
1: so that's similar to the business if we could put it into a tangible mm-hmm. uh, example so the business is like a house kind of like a thing that you own yeah, yeah. so since it's so instead of saying okay it's it's fluffy, because it's just a business like no this is a tangible thing that you own yeah. so we get to, d- to determine the value of it and put that into the proceedings
0: exactly gotcha. so let's okay. assume that your spouse owns a piece of property mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about it in other terms owns a piece of property with their sibling they can say oh no we have this agreement you can't do this i own this with my sibling they aren't going to let me sell this so you're you're just out of luck i, mm-hmm. I own this with my sibling they can keep owning it with their sibling, but the value of their share of the house is going to work its way onto that balance sheet. All right, okay, fair enough. This is complicated. I'm
1: glad oh, you decided to talk about this, oh, Andrew. It's super, com- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: super
0: complicated.
2: super mm-hmm. complicated.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, some of the other documents you need are financial in nature, um, right? Are most com- Or it's pretty common right now that most businesses have a well organized, or at least decently organized. Uh, Accounting system, so uh, balance sheets, which uh, detail assets and liabilities, a general ledger, which accounts for all transactions uh, for a given amount of time, accounts receivable and accounts payable are helpful too, Uh, but bank statements, profit and loss statements, credit applications are very helpful. Um, and any access to any accounting software that the business might have. So
0: even if they're running on
2: QuickBooks, you just yes. want to talk? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Um, right,
0: and in the QuickBooks, if you don't know what a balance sheet is or a general ledger or the accounts receivable or payable, QuickBooks actually has reports that you can print off <laughs> and right. you can just say general ledger and it, it knows what it means and it will print it off for you. And that okay. is really common with small businesses or sole proprietorships where that's how they're keeping track of their invoices. Uh, that's all they have. They don't have an accountant or no. somebody in there working on it. That's what they use. That software is really valuable for information.
2: If you can provide your family law attorney with those documents, you will make them very happy. Oh, okay, yeah. And even if you don't have access to it, if you are aware of the software or if how they organize their finances, uh, that can be acquired by your attorney through discovery.
1: Okay. So even if it's the we know they have three notebooks in their basement office, you just need to tell them. We go ask them for these three notebooks in their basement office.
0: Yeah, because we really, you know, we know what you tell us when we okay. come in and we can ask you questions. Well, how about this? Well, how about this? Well, how about this? But if you know of something and you don't think it fits. Even though we've asked you questions, that doesn't mean you hold it back. You want to share everything that you know with your attorney because then that will tell tell us different things to look for. Gotcha.
2: In the case of your example of three notebooks downstairs in the basement, I would probably encourage my client to go make a quick copy of those notebooks before uh, proceeding with the divorce, just Fair to enough. make sure that you have access because those tend to disappear. All
0: right. Um, yeah, big bonfires, things like that. <laughs> oh, no, All of a sudden, they're right. gone. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, don't take them, but take copies of them if you can. Um, that's information that may be gone forever if we aren't able to hang on to it in some form. Uh, it sounds a little spy, uh, but even if you have to take your phone down there and take a picture of each page, mm-hmm. just like they used to do in the old spy movies. Just, get it, the, just yeah. get it done. Just get it done. It's do. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's not those little fancy cameras. It's probably your phone now, but just... Take it. That right. information is really important, especially when somebody's working for cash and those yeah. notebooks are the only way they're keeping track of stuff. Gotcha. All right.
1: Well, we need to go to our next break. So when we get back, are we going to go into some other ways to protect your business or what are we going to talk about?
2: I think we should focus on the business owner spouse and okay. how they or what they can do to protect the business or if it's a jointly held business, All what right. they can do together. We yeah. also
1: encourage you to be part of the Mom Show. The number is 651 641 1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk1071. Also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon, joined with two of our amazing experts from Sheridan and Doulas, Deanne Doulas and Andrew Hunstead, talking about how you can protect yourself if you are a business owner or if you are married to a business owner. Mm-hmm. Again, protection is key today. So yes. we're also taking your questions at 651-641-1071. We're gonna go to the phones in just a second. But um let's just restate what we're doing and why we decided to talk about you know, divorce for, I mean, uh, protecting your business when you're going through the divorce.
0: Well, it affects everybody mm-hmm. at some level. There are more people out there now that own small businesses than really ever before. And because of the formalization of a lot of these business entities, it's not just that mom and pop shop on the corner. It necessarily makes these things more complicated. And so if you're the business owner or the the spouse of a business owner, it's really important that you understand how these things work, and as you said, not rely on what you saw in L.A. law, <laughs> right? And I know that divorce in general
1: is kind of a complex subject, so that's why we encourage people to be part of the Mom Show by calling 651-641-1071. You can get the ball rolling with some introductory questions. So, Tammy, thank you very much for calling and your patience. Tammy, what's your question for Deanne Hi, and uh, Andrew?
3: Yeah, just a quick question. Thanks for taking my phone call. Uh, my husband uh, of 41 years is contemplating uh, getting a divorce with me. Mm -hmm. Um, About 10 years ago, him and his sister uh, came into a farm that was their grandmother's. Uh, They did not qualify for the loan, so my son took the loan out and has held the loan for about, you know, 7 to 10 years. They've made the monthly payments all along, my husband and his sister, Uh but it was not in their name because they did not qualify. Do I have any rights to that? Uh, if the, I can show proof that they made the payment. Has the farm been doing, uh,
0: operating in any way or receiving anything? Uh,
3: yes, it has. They've been renting it out partially, you know, for, for farm fields. Uh, yes, they have.
0: And when you say make payment on the loan, what was the loan for originally?
3: Um, so uh, the grandmother had passed away, so they wanted to buy it from whoever, I think, one of her. her. So they wanted to keep it in the family. So my husband and his sister did not qualify to take the loan out. I mean, the loan was only, I think, $70,000. Okay. So my son stepped up and said, hey, I'll take it out. You guys make the payments.
0: And so they didn't inherit the farm. They actually bought it from the person who... Okay, so that changes everything. Because if they had... Go ahead.
3: Oh, they bought it, but not really. I mean, they're making payments on behalf of my son right They're so yeah, they
0: okay yes so they're making payments your son got the loan and the loan paid the person who inherited the property
3: correct
0: okay so they bought that property during the marriage if they're making payments on it and they didn't inherit it it's treated like any other marital property if the farm is worth a hundred thousand dollars and they've got a loan on it that's worth Forty thousand, then the net equity is sixty
3: and he owns half of that. So if they but go ahead. Even, oh sorry, sorry, even if he didn't take even if the deed is not in his name that he's been making payments.
0: Does he have some sort of agreement with his son?
3: Uh, probably just verbal. I mean, I don't know if there was anything ever written, and who knows where that would be. But, I I mean, a bank statement would show he was making the payments.
0: Yeah, I mean, that sometimes comes up.
2: There's an equitable argument to be made on that that you have an ownership interest. Uh, It's going to be pretty decisive on the documentation that you can pull together, but if you have the bank statements, I, I would certainly think you have a claim to be made.
3: Yes. Okay. Okay, well, I thank you so much. I appreciate your help. And Tammy, if you have a second, our
1: producer Sonny can get your information and we can have Andrew and Deanne follow up with you at later this week if that yeah, works. Yeah, for, for you. sure. For okay. Sure. So, Thanks, Sonny Tammy. will get your information. Thanks for sharing. And as you said, there were so many different toss and, you know, mm-hmm. so many routes that could be taken in that phone call. And so oh. that's why we go call somebody. Don't try and figure this out on your no, own. No, no, mm-hmm. because
0: it can really be paralyzing when you've got all of those different facts like Tammy has. You've got so many different levels to the, the question that you're asking. That it really takes a lot of different breaking it down to be able to figure out really what it is, and when it gets overwhelming, don't again don't stay up at two o'clock in the morning wondering what am I gonna do. Go talk to somebody. Right. The, the information really is empowering, and it really can help you make better decisions. And I think it's interesting because she brought up this
1: farm that te- you know technically is a business, but you guys were talking about that's part of the different the differentiation is that that de- de- definition of a business is kind of. Super broad. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay,
0: Yeah, it's super, super broad. So we're not just talking about, again, a Fortune 500 company. We're talking about any enterprise that makes money in its own name or separate and apart from what you're doing. So all of that income coming off of that farm could potentially be marital income.
1: So back to the general topic that we we're talking about, about businesses. So mm-hmm. how do we pick up based upon what Tommy, Tammy told us and, and how can this relate to everybody else as well with their businesses?
0: Well, if you're the person who is the business owner, then you really have to be thinking about these sorts of consequences of divorce. From the time that you're married. So if you own the business before you're married, there are protections that you can build into it with regard to a prenuptial agreement and making sure that you have the business itself structured in a way that will allow you to keep the business even if the divorce happens okay if this is a business that you develop during the marriage then you have to do other things uh, where you have to consider um, how you're going to deal with the income from that business how you're going to structure the finances of that business to what extent the business is going to pay your personal expenses versus just pay you income for those things Uh, because how we characterize that income can make a difference for you as the business owner. Okay, and Andrew, based upon when you were setting
1: this up at the beginning of the show, where are we at now with making your life as their attorney more efficient so that you can help them as a client?
2: Well, one of the first things I like to do with any client, especially if they own the business, is to make sure that we can do everything to minimize the effect the divorce will have on their business operations. Okay. Um, So, A common method of uh, ensuring the divorce doesn't interfere is to come up with a temporary order right away. Uh, This can either be brought by a motion in the court or it could be made by an agreement submitted to the court. Uh, We could have very strict rules about uh, business operations Mm -hmm. preventing any party from raiding and cashing out liquidizing assets. Uh, And then we generally try to work in some consequences, so if somebody does that, there, there is a recourse.
1: So you can't turn it into one of those TV movie scenarios where somebody's like,
0: "I'm going to ruin you," and so they yeah. ruin the business. And uh,
1: yeah,
2: it, yeah, because gotcha. Nobody wins, right? In that case,
0: no, no. We've had those. I mean, those issues come up. That's those scenarios actually are real, where one person says, oh, "Well, if you're going to divorce me, I'm going to make sure we both go down," and they okay. try to financially ruin everybody. Having a very strict temporary order can both protect the person who owns the business in that circumstance, mm-hmm. if it's the other spouse, or if it's the spouse um and the business owner is saying either sign this over or i'm going to destroy the business that temporary order if with strict conditions can really help protect everybody
2: on occasion too we do find somebody who is self-destructive and they yes. want to bring the business down and okay. one of the options we have is to request the court appoint a receiver and that in essence is a third party would come in and manage the business uh for a period of time uh I could understand why a client would not want to receive or appoint But yeah. if there are two, if both spouses have the ability to make those business decisions and one is self-destructive, that's what you need to do.
1: Fair enough. All right. And so in general, what else can we do to protect your business while you're going through this divorce?
0: Well, sometimes businesses own uh, information that's really confidential and specific to how they run that business. Well, in divorce, all information is supposed to be shared equally between two parties, even that confidential information, except under very strict SEC rules. Okay. So, as long as the SEC isn't involved, what we can do is we can create a document called a protective order that, and a confidentiality order that will keep, even though we share that information between other people, can help to keep that information confidential so it doesn't suddenly end up on Facebook. Fair enough.
1: Okay. Right. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes.
2: And, and so, what the protective order does, if any of the documentation, any, of the information is submitted to the court, that information is under seal. So somebody from the public cannot just go and get a copy of the court file number uh, or the copy of the court file. They actually have to get an order from a judge giving them permission to get these documents. Okay.
0: Yeah, and that's really, I mean, it's a scary thing. When I first started practicing in the Stone Age, uh, (laughs) we used to include Social Security numbers, dates of birth, full credit card numbers all in these judgment decrees we had the full numbers there okay and it wasn't until we started to realize that was a really bad idea in a public document that we started restricting access to those things and a protective order is one of those really great ways we use now to keep somebody from being able to come in and really mess up your finances right. by uh, deciding they want to become you yes and just
1: you know, just jack you online and have a whole other perfor- uh, persona that's super scary right uh huh super mm-hmm. super scary mm-hmm. Well, we, we can go ahead and go to our final break and then come back for our last segment. So what else do we need to cover when we get back?
0: Well, uh, in air quotes, we're going to talk about how to make <laughs> a divorce easier if there's a business. And we're also going to cover some of the common myths around owning a business that we haven't yet covered. All right. We're also open to your questions. The
1: number again is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. Welcome back to The Mom Show here on MyTalk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. You can always find us by using the keyword Mom Show. With us today, Andrew Hunstead and Deanne Doulas from Sheridan and Doulas. One of the things we remind people is that this is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. If you need to get any questions, answers that are of a legal nature, this is regarding you, your family, your kids, you know, this is a great place to go, okay, I don't even know how to articulate this question Mm -hmm. all the way. You guys are very good at going, here's what you're really asking.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. and that's really part of the problem is that just that lack of knowledge becomes so paralyzing that it keeps you from asking the right questions or seeking out the right answers because you're both interested in the answer and you're also afraid of the answer. Right. This is, this is that time where if anything we're talking about today is starting to spark that question in your brain, come in and talk to us. We're happy to talk to you about these questions and issues that are keeping you up at night. Perfect. And then now we are going to move into the part that I thought was great that you had to use your
1: air quotes. How are we going to make Divorce easier if you have a business
0: yes, okay, so Mm -hmm. so many times when you've got a divorce with a business There's this kind of pull push uh, between this belief that uh, oh, I know that the business owner is going to be fair to me and This push with the I know that there's money that's hidden somewhere in the business and this overarching fear that if you push that it will become World War III and right. it will be super expensive. And there's also, for a lot of people, most, most often uh, the business owner's spouse, where they think, oh, no, you know, th- they'll be fair. I, right. I don't want to check into this. I don't want to spend that money. I, I know that the other side is going to be fair. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is true. Sometimes we really are fair with this information, but it's that fear of the word evaluation or valuation that keeps a lot of people in the dark. And they really underestimate the value of understanding what the real value of that business is. Because it might
1: be both directions where maybe you think that the business is making a lot less than it is Mm -hmm. or you may think the business was going really well
0: yes (laughs) and it's not yes Mm -hmm. and it's really about getting in there and looking at those documents that we talked about along with tax returns and doing an analysis of the business itself because That value is often what we end up fighting about. It's often the documents that lead us to the value. We fight about exchanging. And so if you're the business owner uh, or you're the spouse, that free flow of information... And just going straight into evaluation, where we can just get the answer to the question instead of fighting about the documents to get there can save you thousands of dollars in attorney's fees and may not make that much difference between what you think the business is worth. But it right. helps us to document that. Gotcha.
2: So when I encounter a business owner that. Maybe business isn't doing as well as it once did. I, I generally recommend that business owner to be a little bit proactive in their disclosures is, is to get collect all that financial information and send it over to the other attorney right away or the other party right away, uh, especially if that party has some perception of the business doing better than it actually is
1: because i can imagine that that might be part of the reason why the relationship degraded yeah is that you were used to a certain thing and then the business started to go poorly and now you're all stressed out and now your personal relationship is probably you know also part of the the you know what's what's been taken um which is falling apart as well because you're falling apart at work
2: yes okay uh, that but that's this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very succinctly. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, see yeah.
0: that. Yeah, I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can also be the other way, too, that the business starts doing better or people assume that it should be going better. And if it's if they're not seeing that money coming home, they're assuming that there's money being hidden somewhere. And it's that trust issue that really gets destroyed and that information sharing helps us move us along to a, an agreement without having to go to trial.
2: And during this process, it's very important that both attorneys or both parties have attorneys that have some experience, maybe in divorce, but uh, also with business operations, so they know what an asset balance sheet is, they know what a general ledger is, they, they can sit down and go through a corporate tax return. The, the most difficult thing is sometimes educating the other attorney.
1: Right. Uh,
2: if they think there's hidden assets, it, you have to essentially hold their hand and walk them through all the financials. And oh, that, no, know
1: really, this is all the money.
2: Yeah. Yes, fair uh, enough. And that can be very time consuming and that means costly. Uh, so finding an expert right away that understands how these organizations operate.
1: Gotcha.
0: Yeah. And for me, I've always found that that fighting over that exchange of documents ends up in many ways being the most expensive part of the divorce but we're told to circle the wagons right that's what we see on television is that oh well I'm not going to give you any of these documents because then you're going to drag this out no it's the not giving the documents that drags it out Mm -hmm. so being proactive on both sides is probably
1: the easiest route for everyone ask for
0: the documents ask for the valuation give the documents freely Unless you really are hiding (laughs) something and you got something kind of you know (laughs) sketchy going on, um, it's always cheaper and easier for everybody if everybody just kind of opens the doors up and says, "Okay, here's how we're going to share this information."
1: Well, I know we say that all of our our television knowledge is is just enough to make us dangerous, but I was watching, uh, a forensic files and they were talking about a forensic accountant. Is that a real thing? It is it a is. real okay, thing. Okay. All, right, all right.
0: All right. So, um, I, from my generation, anytime people think of forensic, they think of Quincy MD. Yes. And they think it's like only somebody who is doing an autopsy. That mm-hmm. is not what forensic means in this circumstance. It means somebody who can really dig down into the business records and find where money might be leaking out along the sides
2: okay if it is a cash business that might be a route to take
0: yeah okay because if they're just operating on cash and you don't know how much cash has come in and it's just sitting in a box under a bed somewhere or just going out and paying for whatever just hand to, hand
1: to person hand to person
2: yes okay. you probably want to bring in an expert try to get it a neutral so everybody shares in that cost Because it is quite difficult to track those cash transactions, but if we can account for the standard of living, the expenses, uh, we can get a rough idea, especially if we have national or state averages for that specific trade. It can be done.
1: Well, Andrew and Deanne, we have about five minutes left in today's mom show, so can we go into some of the common myths that people have regarding these kind of things?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so the one we've kind of been covering all along today is just that if one spouse operates the business, it belongs to that spouse. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely not true. It, even if it's a premarital business, if it's been operating during the marriage, there is more likely than not some marital value in that business. Gotcha.
2: So another common myth is if the business owns assets, the non-business owner spouse is not entitled to the value of those assets, Um uh, that is not true. Assets owned by the business are considered marital assets. We do have to account for any other partners involved, but those values are assigned in the dissolution.
0: Okay. So the next one is is that if there's an ownership agreement that prevents transfer, that it also prevents a marital interest. So if it says, like we've talked about before, if it says that these shares can't be transferred unless all partners agree, which they often do, or they can only be sold if the partners agree and accept the new partner, that does not mean that it does not have a marital value. Okay. We really want to make sure that we look at those partnership agreements. Um, and, oh, if there's a partnership agreement that says if you want out of the partnership, here's how much we'll pay you. And it sets a dollar value. Yes. That is also not the value of the oh, marital business. Okay. All right. They All right. often work those things into what's called a buy sell agreement that yes. says if you want to sell your share of the business and get out. Well, you can, but we're only going to pay you this dollar value or this percentage. That does not define what the marital interest is. It often understates it substantially. Gotcha. Those
2: values can sometimes be punitive. But mm. also, if that buy-sell agreement is 10 years old, that business has hopefully grown over the last 10 years. Right. Uh, so another myth is, and this, I hear this quite a bit, is I can figure out the value of the business by multiplying the net income for, by three years. That's not true. Now, where did not that, that even that? start? Yeah. I,
0: oh, I don't know. But you even hear lawyers say that in conversations if they're not used to doing this. They'll say, well, the, the net income of the business after expenses last year was $25,000. So uh, the business value is 75000
2: That might be helpful for determining child support or spousal maintenance. But for determining the value of that enterprise, that asset, Please, please do not do that. Okay.
1: That seems like trying to like simplify it. Like when they tell you how many ounces of water you're supposed to drink. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes,
0: this is, is not, not that easy or right. anything. No, yeah. you cannot do yeah, it. It's that not way. that easy. Mm-hmm. It's a it, lot of people want it to be that easy. It is not that easy. Okay.
2: <laughs> so Deanna, um, I've encountered a, a case recently where there is a cash business. Uh, there are no accounting statements. Okay. Yeah. So we've worked on this issue. Yeah. What are a number of ways that we can do to account for those transactions to assign a value for a business that operates solely on cash?
0: Well, there's a number of things that we can do. We can look at the lifestyle of the person. We can take a look at their bank statements. We can take a look at their credit card statements. If they are saying and they have no net income, but they just got back from a trip to Hawaii, that bill is getting paid somehow. Right. Uh, I've even gone so far as to look at ask for the invoices for work done that they probably have kept mm-hmm. for their accountant, maybe, um, and brought in people that they've done work for and post them about how, how much, much they, they paid, paid gotcha. for that service so there's lots of things that you can do um if we've got a person who is living well has a brand new truck uh but suddenly has no income (laughs) no income and no debt how did that happen it's kind (laughs) of crazy how how are you living how are you paying your rent? (laughs) Those sorts of things are tells. And if the court can't find a specific income information, they can look to that other information, those other indicia of lifestyle to help us describe what income really is.
1: Well, hopefully this made things, quote unquote, easier for everybody that's out there. But in the meantime, we encourage them to call you guys to contact Sheridan Dula. So again, the website is www.ssdpa.com. And the phone number when we call again? We can do that at 651-686-8800. That's 651 651-686-880. 686 Of course, you can always find us by going to our page as well as mytalk1071.com, keyword mom show. So thanks, Deanne. Thanks, Andrew. Thank Angie. you so
0: much for having us. See you Thank guys you. again Bye.
1: soon.